Yeah, we can clap it up for that. And uh, so that's all I really got so far. We'll see if I get anything else. But um, those two guys that shared, where's the one guy that shared um, about the clay? Is he in here? Is he behind me probably playing an instrument? No, there he is. Dude, both of you, I just want to say it again. You showed such honor to, to your leader. You didn't try to interrupt the service. You wanted to see what God was doing. <laughs> the Lord used you to wreck me, man. I mean wreck me. When you started talking about um, the pot and you're trying to glue it yourself, I don't know what happened inside of me. I've been praying and asking God alone, open the floodgates of my heart. I want to weep. I want my heart to be so sensitive that I don't miss you. You know, Jesus knocks on the door, right? Revelation, he knocks on the door. And some don't open. I want my heart to be so soft that it always opens. I mean, he's already there, which we're going to talk about that. But then he if he will come and meet with you, literally. I have a friend that Jesus walked into his bedroom. After he rose from the dead, he did that. He did it with Paul. It's biblical. And um, the Bible says, when you seek me in secret, I'll reward you and open and this morning, I just felt like I wanted to release something, but nothing happened when I was with him. And then you started talking, and it's like, same thing. My spirit was leaping out like it did with him, and he just broke something. So thank you, guys. You both ministered to me. Um, by the way, just let me share this, too, because he talked about angels, which I love that. You know, in church, we'll talk about demons a lot. I've even been in a situation where they'll try to call out their names. I know Jesus did that once. I understand that. And then when we talk about angels, for some reason, a lot of places get really weird. They don't want you to talk about them because they think you're automatically going to worship them. In the Bible, when men fell down before angels to worship them, what happened? Did God strike them dead? He told them to get up. They weren't mad. We, we need to cooperate with them. All I'm going to tell you is this. I'm not going to get too detailed, but I'm going to tell you this. Since I've been getting this revelation on angelic, how we're supposed to cooperate with them lately. My children are starting to see him regularly. And you know what they used to see in their room? Not angels. They used to wake up seeing dark things in their room. And so we honor that, out, not realizing it out of fear. What if we just honored and released angels? We were just looking at Christmas lights the other night. And my, by the way, little kids, because they don't, they don't process things through the intellect, which immediately, Jesus, what does Proverbs 3 say? Lean not on your own understanding but in America what we've done is we've honored our own understanding so much that if you get the information you've got it that's not how the kingdom works God showed me a picture once of this weird artery thing in our brain and he said that's a religious thing that are in a lot of people's brains let me let me give you an example okay in the Bible in the book of Acts Peter's in jail an angel comes into the jail interacts with him wakes him up leads him out of jail, he walks past people, meaning he was probably invisible. <laughs> okay? You with me? You remember when Jesus tried to get thrown off? I went to Israel and saw the cliff they tried to throw him off of. You got a crowd of people, his first message, man, he's coming out, he's preaching his first message, and they want to throw him off a cliff. You imagine that for your first message? My first time here, you guys are trying to kill me? I probably wouldn't come back. Todd, thanks, man. I'm out. It says he walked through him. Have you ever wondered what that means? 
And for some reason, because of this religious thing that I was trained in, I guess I just never thought about it. Where was I going with all this, guys? Oh, the thing in your brain. So Peter gets let out of jail. He goes and knocks on the door. They open, the servant girl opens the door. You guys remember the story in Acts? If you don't, stay with me. They open the door. The girl's like, Peter's here. We were just praying. He's supposed to be in jail. She runs back, tells the others. You know what they say? It's just his angel. By the way, none of them got up and ran over. If Todd was in jail and I came here and said, we're going to pray for him, he knocks on the door over here. Dustin goes over there and gets him. Todd's at the door and you guys were to say, it's probably just his angel. You know what I would do? run to the door to interact with his angel they didn't do that why you ever ask that question because they were so familiar with the angelic and look at what that church did it said no one dared to this is crazy to me no one dared to join man i feel this for your body right now no one dared to join them yet god added to their number daily those that were being saved so i i read this story in the book of acts and then my wife i grew up fundamental Baptist which means this I was taught that God does not speak to you outside of scripture which means let me just tell you what that means I'm not being mean I'm just being raw and real it means he doesn't speak to you that's what that means okay if, I, if my relationship with my wife was one where she could just write me letters and by the way she wrote them years and years ago and never writes anything new to me and I just have to read her letters and that's how we interact how's our marriage going to be is that really am I really going to know her Think about it, because how have we in the church said you grow? And I'm not, dude, I am a scripture guy, but you better be encountering the person through it. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. This thing is just a book unless the Spirit of God breathes on it. And so we get this intellectual thing and so I went to a group I started coming me and Jess started coming in things of the spirit do you want to know why because I was ready to be done with this thing called Christianity because it was dead and dull my second daughter's here my first daughter was amazing you wouldn't even know we had her my second daughter for five straight months basically she cried all the time so in the midst of that I looked at my wife and I said if this is all there is with Christianity not blaming cadence but this is all there is I'm done it's not working for me and that took us on a journey into the things of the spirit and so I get this book by a guy named brother Yoon he's a missionary in China have any of you heard of him he's got some amazing stories same thing happens to him in jail except they took brother Yoon to a torture room broke his leg said you'll never walk again by the way he said that the other believers would carry him back and forth from that torture place he said it was the most amazing fellowship He's in his, he's in his um, cell, and his, his, another guy, this is amazing, a guy in another cell says, God's going to heal you, and you're going to walk out of here. Do you want to know what I'd be thinking if God told me that? I'm going with him. Don't leave me in here. That guy didn't even think that way. He was, he's love. He wasn't thinking. It's, love seeks not its own. He gets healed. He walks out of jail past people. So I read this in this book, and I share it with some pastors. And I said, hey, I started like this. Hey, guys, do you remember in the book of Acts where Peter did this? And they're like, yeah, I can show you right where it is. I said, it happened to a guy in China. And immediately, you know what they said to me? Be careful. Be careful, man. Why? You see what I'm saying? Do you know where, you know where, that's that intellectual thing that there's no life in where it goes in here and it's, we think it's the same thing that happens with angels and stuff. Why do we think that's weird? Why are we not cooperating with them? Why are we not releasing them? 
They interacted with him. We don't worship him, but they interacted with him all throughout Scripture. Did you know that Jesus, the reason that Joseph stayed with Mary is because an angel came to him in his dream. Jesus had angels minister to him when he was tempted. This unseen realm is more real than this one. And the Bible actually commands you and me to be more aware of that realm than this one. The Bible commands us to look at the unseen. Mark, I'm not a prophet. I don't care if you're a prophet or not. He who has eyes to see, let him see. It's open to everybody. You know, Jesus didn't say, I do what I hear the Father saying. Do you know what he actually said? I do what I see my Father doing. And I'm glad I just said that because that, the Lord reminded me. I have to share this with you guys. I had, a, I had a vision that I thought was something different, but the Lord gave me clarity. It's for your body. You guys are meeting at a school right now. I do character at a school. If you're a teacher at a school, I honor you, love it. Man, you can feel anxiety in the schools. You can feel that the enemy's having a heyday in the school. So I love it that you're meeting in a school. You guys have what happened here. This is the vision I saw just by doing what we did this morning where the presence of God be, begins to manifest, you're going to have an impact on that school. Just by meeting together and making that gym a habit. See, God doesn't want a visitation anymore. He never did. His goal from the beginning was to have a habitation where he dwells. And by the way, it's not about a building. I know that. We are the habitation of God. But when the people of God come together, for some reason, Jesus said, we're two or more gathered. I, in my name, we've got to figure out what that means, first of all. That doesn't just mean I throw it at the end of a prayer. I will be there. But God showed me in a vision. I saw a vision of us in the gym. I was there. And people were coming forward and getting healed. And I knew it was emotional healing too. And I think you guys, just by gathering together and being faithful and pursuing the deep things of God, you're going to bring healing to teachers and students. But then I saw somebody went to the back, got into a room and pulled people out. And this is what I feel like the word was the Lord showed me. He actually wants you guys to go deeper than that. And this is my, un, my feeling on it. I think he wants to use some of you to come in and actually mentor the, the older kids in elementary school, the fourth and fifth graders. I actually think it's an assignment from God on this body. Now, you're powerful enough to disagree, and you could say that doesn't resonate with my spirit, but I think God wants to take you guys deeper in that school. It's not a coincidence that you're at that school. Those kids meet there every day. Teachers every day are with all these kids, and I just feel like there's something deeper for you guys to minister healing at that school. Can I just pray real quick? Um, and then I'm not going to go very long, I don't think, because I feel like we could just go home now. I didn't hear any. I thought I was going to hear a couple. Amen. Let's get out of here. Um, just checking the time. Let's just, yeah, let's just be still for a second. The Bible says to be still and know. I was just hearing a story the other day where Daniel Kalinda was doing a, a big, massive crusade. And during the announcements at the beginning, this person started screaming. They got out of a wheelchair. And all of a sudden, he said the fear of God came in. He sat down. They were silent for 45 minutes. And hundreds and hundreds of people were healed. Limbs were growing out. We're talking miracles. So if that, I, I would just rather not get in the way just because I think I have a message that I need to deliver. Father, you know I mean that too. Father, I honor these people. I bless this, these people. 
all of them right now, these people of you. Thank you for them, Father. They're special. I just sense a special fire of your presence here. Lord, I just... behalf of you, I speak blessings over marriages in here. Maybe there's some unmet expectations or expectations that haven't been communicated. Lord, I just pray that there'd be a breakthrough in marriages. In Jesus' name, communication, love, joy, Holy Spirit, you fell on people as Peter preached. are free to move here. You've been moving here. Thank you, Lord. know the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I love when, um, terrible with names, that guy that was getting those prophetic words, when he defined peace, that's when my spirit really went nuts. That's true, by the way, what he said. Peace is not just tranquility. It's the fullness, shalom of God. So that peace is available for us as a people and as individuals to welcome into your homes, to welcome into your workplace, to welcome into your heart. May the God of hope, Romans 15, 13, fill you all with joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your peace. Shalom. Just rest in that right now. Shalom. Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, I don't know if you guys, it's up to you. You don't have to keep playing. Uh, do they play during the, they can. I didn't want them to feel like they had to be up there and I keep them stuck up there and they're like, oh no, you guys can have a seat. Although, she touches those keys, man, it's fire. Shoo. So, I am not coming up here to preach a deep message today, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you who you are. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Lord wants me to tell you who you are and then um, and just preach the gospel the way I understand it now. And I'll start out with this statement. And this is a controversial statement, so hear me out. Don't check out after I say the first part. The gospel's not about when you die, you go to heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That is correct, but the gospel is not centered on that. If you read the New Testament, you'll see that. In fact, you know it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, not the fear of hell? You know what the gospel's about? It's not about you going to heaven. It's about heaven coming into you. The kingdom of heaven by the Holy Spirit. 
people being possessed. You think about the plan of God. You think about the plan of God. I'm on staff at a church in Hillsboro. The same spirit that indwells you guys indwells me. So Jesus in the spirit can be in Hillsboro and Gibsonville, right? Is this Gibsonville? Yeah. And Gibsonville at the same time, at the same time as he's in China. You know, Jesus said, it's better for you that I leave. Guys, if Jesus walked into the room right now, do you think I should sit down and let him preach? You think it'd be better? According to him, it wouldn't be. Do you want to know why? I think. Because after he gets done teaching, we're all going to fight to have him come to our house. And we're all rushed home to make sure everything's clean. You know how it would be. And he'd probably just come and play with the kids, actually. Probably what he would do at my house. Martha and Mary, remember that story? Mary's sitting before him. She chose the better thing. Christ is in all of us. And did you know that the hope of glory in the world is Christ in you? And so I'm going to tell you guys about a dream I had. And I want to, so Solomon received wisdom where other kings and queens came and were amazed by him. And he received it in a dream. He encountered Yahweh in a dream. So dreams are literal things. I know prophets and people that have gone where they're going to minister in a dream. And when they actually went in the natural, it was identical to the way it was in their dream. Dreams, not all dreams, but dreams are real things. You guys with me? Yeah. It's biblical, all throughout. Paul had a dream at night. The guy from Macedonia came to him in his dream and said, come. And then he knew how to come. It said a vision at night. Same thing as a dream. Acts 2, just trying to lay a biblical foundation for you to understand that we've got to honor dreams. If you honor them, you'll have more of them. And it says that it's the glory of a king to conceal a man, or it's the glory of his servants to search them out. So dreams are very symbolic. But I had a dream one night. When Jess and I were in New York, I was teaching at a Christian school. I assumed because it was a Christian school, I'd never been to one except Bible college. So I assumed the Christian school, all these kids were going to be born again, excited about God. And I got there, and honestly, I'm not being mean. I was shocked. I was like, none, hardly any of these kids are born again. By the way, let me say that. It's about being born again. We've got to use born from above. The seed of God comes inside of us, and our spirit is made new. It's not about saying a prayer so we can go to heaven. It's about being born from above. So I'm at this school, and I'm preaching the gospel, and kids are getting saved left and right, but at night, when I go to bed, I'm just going to be real honest. This is what was happening to me. I'm preaching the gospel, leading kids to the Lord. Daily, they're getting saved. It was amazing. But I'm going home at night, and this is when I was still in a different denomination. I'll just put it that way. So I, I went to people like, what do I do? I would, I would go home at night. I would go to go to sleep, and I would wake up with something on me. I couldn't breathe. I felt like somebody was choking me, and I, would, I was thinking I was going to go to hell. And I get up the next day and I was leading, guys, I was, I was leading kids to be born again. And that's what's happening to me every night. So I started to go to people and say, what do I do? They didn't, just pray. You don't think I'm praying when that's happening? <laughs> right? I'm praying everything I know to pray. You know what's sad though? I was praying for Jesus to do something when he already put the power and authority in me to do it. 
If somebody came to my house and tried to hurt my kids, I'm not going to ask God to come down and do I'm going to take care of things, whatever I have to do. I felt that. I felt strong there. I'm going to have Jim come with me. Where's he at? So that's happening to me at night. I'm asking people, what do I do? My house feels awful. My wife doesn't know what to do. Then I, then I, <laughs> really being vulnerable with you guys this morning. Then I went into a season where I didn't think I was born again anymore. So my wife's like, Mark, you're leading people. She, poor Jess has been through a lot. <laughs> Moms are amazing because they mother their husbands through a lot of times. <laughs> so one night I'm, I'm literally freaking out. I'm like, Jess, I don't think I'm, I'm bawling my eyes out. She's just looking at me like, I don't know how to help you right now, dude. You're, you see what demons were doing to me? See, I'm very, I've, I've experienced, I've sauced things ever since I was little. So I'm passionate about this stuff. That's why I'm so passionate about angels right now. Because when they come, boom. And I've had the other stuff come. They're, they feel free to come into my house. So I have a dream one night. And in the dream, I'm in my bed. My wife's next to me. And all of a sudden, I get lifted in the air, a, a, a evil spirit has me in the air, and it's grabbing the inside of my stomach, and I'm screaming, and my wife doesn't wake up in the dream. And the thing's slamming me in the bed, and slamming me in the bed, and slamming me in the bed, and slamming me in the bed. Finally, it stops, and I roll out of the bed, and on the walls of my room, there's these demons, and they're, they're, they're looking real. They, it was like you could taste the hatred they had for me, and I'm terrified. And I'm intimidated. And they're grabbing me and throwing me around, laughing at me, swearing at me. I'm terrified. So I take off running. And I'm running down a hallway. Remember, I laid the biblical foundation for dreams. So you know this stuff is, this stuff is real in the spiritual realm. The hallway gets thinner and thinner. And finally, they're all jumping out at me. I said, that's it. I'm done, Jesus. I'm done. If this is the cost, I want nothing to do with it. I'm done. I quit. They win. I'm done. I just want to die. And all of a sudden... When I said that, I got on my knees and a hologram came out of the ground. And my only child that was born was my oldest, Callie. And um, Jess and Callie were looking at me. See how real dreams are? And I just quit. And they look at me and I hear a voice speak, a vibration from heaven saying, are they worth it? And I look at my wife and my daughter and they got these eyes. And I said, I would do anything for them. I don't, these things can kill me. They can rip me apart. Yeah, they're worth it. And then this is where, it, I mean, that was good, but this is where it gets incredible. Jesus the Christ steps out of the darkness. And he looks me in my eyes and he says, Mark, am I worth it? And I said, absolutely, Jesus, you're worth your everything. You're worth it. I don't, you're worth it. And he starts walking towards me. And he gets this, he gets right here in my face. And the love. You remember how I said I could taste the hatred and the evil? I could taste the love from this man's eyes. The son of man. Then he does the most incredible thing. He basically showed me the gospel because you know what he did? He walked inside of me. He walked in me, and all of a sudden I changed. And all of a sudden, fear is no more, and I feel this power. And guess, guess what my first thought was? I'm going back to that hallway to settle some things. <laughs> Guys, I, I feel the Lord right now all over me. I'm walking down the hallway, 
the same hallway. These things jump out, but when they jump out this time, they try to be scary and they look at me and all of a sudden now they're terrified. I saw fear in their eyes. And you know what I did in the dream? Remember, Jesus is in me, so I grab them and I'm slamming them and I'm loving it. And they're exploding. And I'm like trying to, re- I'm like reaching into the wall, grabbing, now they're trying to hide from me. You know what they saw in me? Christ in me. The sons of Sceva tried to cast out demons. The demons said, Jesus we know, Paul we know, you we don't know. That dream, I woke up from that dream, I told my wife about it, and it looked like I went through a war at night. That's how real that was. The whole next day at school, everyone's like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know what just happened in a dream. Let me tell you about it, but don't tell anybody because I don't want to get in trouble for having a dream like this. You know, that's the gospel. The gospel is not that Jesus died in my place for my sins. Hear me out. Don't don't cut off because that sounds, your mind's going to say, wait a minute. The gospel is that I died with him that I was buried with him, which means this, everything he died to, I died to. No man can see God and live, but I've already died. (laughs) You know what verse has been messing with me lately? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I don't think he's talking about see God work. If Moses, under a worse covenant, talked face to face with God, what's available for us? And when you behold him, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, these are the three verses that are just, God's got me crying out to see him. When you behold him, you become like him. You get transformed from one degree of glory to the next by the Spirit. And you become like him. You don't try to be like him. You don't try to do for him. You become like him. You know what's crazy, guys? I started coming into the things of the Spirit. And by the way, you can, I haven't read any scripture yet, but I hope you're hearing it. It's all throughout what I'm saying. So please stay what, I just feel like this is the direction we're going right now. When I got into the things of the Spirit, I'd go to stores and want to get prophetic words, and there's nothing wrong with that. First Corinthians says, lust after these things, seek them. But I would start to get panicked, fearful, weird in a store. And I don't know if you've ever done that where you tried to force one. Like one time I went up to a guy and I'm like, yeah, yeah, his shoulder hurts. Hey, man, does your shoulder hurt? The guy looks at me and goes, no. Why would you ask? Guys, I totally went blank. I didn't know what to say. Oh, I don't know. And I like ran away from him. <laughs> but when I focus on becoming one with him and I go into places and I'm just focused on him, it just comes out of me. This is another thing I, f- I feel like I need to say. I'm all, a couple weeks, last time we had service, I did the transition time. And I felt like we were supposed to do a healing thing. And we saw, probably, we probably had 50 people in there. Probably 10 to 15 of them raised their hand with pain. Um, and probably seven of them, seven to 10 of them got healed. So I'm about the power. If you have a gospel without the power, you don't have the same gospel. Right. So I'm all about preaching and demonstrating the kingdom. But if, you're more, if we're more obsessed with the works of God than the ways of God, we're off. You know what Moses asked him? Show me your ways. Because here's the thing, if you're obsessed with the works of God and not God himself, when you're not doing the works of God, you have no clue who you are. Because you become the work of God. What happens if God doesn't flow through me? Who am I then? Am I still a son? But you've, listen, and I'm just going to be real raw right now. You you can't just have, let me be careful how I say this because I want to be honest. 
you can't just have a list of declarations that you go through every day and think that that's going to do it. You have to encounter the one. You have to know him. You know he calls you his bride? I have access to my wife that nobody else does. And I'm not trying to be weird. We just need to not think this stuff is weird. You know, everybody else is talking about it. God's saying, I'm willing to give myself fully to you if you'll come into the bedchambers with me and just open yourself to me. And by the way, that's how you get pregnant with the purposes of God. And what's amazing is he wants to know us. And what he starts to do is reveal things in you and you're thinking, God, I was that selfish and you still loved me? And then he brings you to a new level of maturity where things you used to be able to do, you can't do anymore. And it's not out of law. I'm I'm all about grace, but sometimes we think that like grace empowers you to obey. Grace empowers you to obey the unmerited, unearned favor of God at work in your life. You want to know he says you don't sin, and Galatians 6 says you're not under sin anymore because you're under grace, not the law. And when you get into when you when you behold him, you become like him. I had a friend in college that I hung out with all the time that talked a certain way. And when I started dating Jess, she could tell when I was hanging out with him a lot because I would talk just like him. She'd be like, Don't talk like that. It's weird. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Sorry, babe. You become like him when you actually get to know him. And what's amazing is how much he desires to know us go to Colossians chapter 3 really quick this is incredible to me I you know when you start to encounter God and you read scripture and you're like this has always been in here And it's why his spirituality is so important, because he's a spirit. So he doesn't encounter us through our intellect. He's a spirit being, so are we. Have you ever thought about that? This thought's been hitting me. Where, when my mom and dad conceived me, where was my, how did my spirit get in? What happened, where was my spirit? Ever think about that? Stuff I think about. And it wrecks my mind, which is what he wants. He doesn't want me to try to encounter him in my mind. And did you know that we're joined to the eternal one? Which means where he is, we can be? That's why there's times I'll be praying, I'm just, I call it holding Todd in my heart. I love him. I love him like a dad. I would, I submit to, I just love him. He's a dad. He carries this father thing. If you haven't sensed it yet, you can trust us. He's a man of character too which is big to me and Jess. He, when he says something, he does it. And I'm not, I just, not just bragging on it. I, just, I genuinely mean this stuff. I'll hold Todd in my heart and I'll start to see him. Because I'm in Christ. And he's in Christ. And we're one. Sorry. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, you see the gospel as we died, we're buried and raised with him. Everything he died to, I died to. Seek the things that are above. What does that mean? 
What does that mean, seek things that are above? What would that look like? Have you ever heard anybody say, man, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good? That is a lie. And I'm not trying to be mean. If we're heavenly minded, we're going to be earthly incredible. You know how you bring heaven? No, never mind. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. If you then been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Do you want to know what's not above? Fear over your job, anxiety about your kids, uh, anger, depression, bitterness, lack of power, lack of resources. You know what is above? I'm going to say it again, angels. Just saying. And we don't worship them, but I do honor them. They're servants of the Most High God sent to minister to us. And they are in the room. He was dead on. They're, they're here. Yeah. I saw one that was of, of fire. There's a fire thing at the river. I'm telling you, God's starting to manifest the fire. And when he manifests the... <laughs> see how I just get off in tangents? When he, the Bible says God is a consuming fire in Hebrews, right? Jesus says, I'm going to baptize you in the Spirit. Or John says he's going to baptize you in the Spirit and fire. When the fire comes, it consumes and, it, and your faith comes out like gold. And it's not a condemnation thing. It's an amazing thing. But sometimes it looks like you're down here weeping your head off because the guy was obedient to deliver a word and God touches you and you're weeping, but he's killing things in you. You ever wept before the Lord? You get done and you feel drunk. You feel amazing. Which, by the way, drunkenness in the Spirit's a thing. I didn't know that until I started having it happen. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I felt like I was drunk. I didn't know what to do. I felt like I had to repent of it. Father, I'm sorry that you made me drunk. You know in Ephesians 5 when he says be filled with the Spirit, he's saying be continually filled with the Spirit. Right before that he says do not be drunk with wine. That not drunk with wine is out of nowhere. That's not really in the context. What's he saying? Don't be intoxicated with wine. Be intoxicated with my Spirit. Continually. We have permission. They thought they were drunk when they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're not drunk. It's a new wine. You know what's attractive to people? is joy. See, this is that. In his presence is fullness of joy. Have you ever experienced fullness of joy? I wonder what we would act like if we experienced fullness of joy. We cannot let our minds get offended. Well, actually, let them get offended, but don't hold. If somebody's experiencing God and they have uncontrollable laughter, what if that really is God? And you've got to trust the Spirit enough to know like sometimes you have to clean up messes. That's just, at our church, I am always pushing for that. Not messes, but I'd rather clean up a mess and have not, than have God not even be there. Right. You know, there was a guy preaching once, and the Lord told him in the middle of his message, go stand on your head in the corner. Rebuke that evil spirit in the name of Jesus. And the voice kept telling him that. All right, he literally said, all right, I'm going to do it. Whether it's you or not, I think it's you. He does it. A guy stands up and starts weeping. He said, I don't believe in God in this whole service. I said, if you're real, have that guy stand on his head and I'll give my life to you. <laughs> He's not telling me to stand on my head right now, luckily, but I'm saying, isn't that amazing? The ways of God, you know, the wisdom of God looks foolish to the world. Look at me up here. I shouldn't be up here speaking. That's the wisdom of God right there. Five foot, seven and a half with shoes on, <laughs> right? And if you would have seen me in high school, you'd be like, no way. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And here's the secret. Ephesians 2, 6 says that you're seated there in him. Right. Wait till you, wait, this, is, this is incredible. 
Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. And I want you to, you need to, we, we need to realize that the sins of our past that try to hold us bondage through shame is the dead part of you. But Mark, I was already born again when I did that. I don't care if you were born again or not. It was the dead part of you. I was, in, I was a youth pastor. And I had a kid in youth ministry that was addicted to something to the point where he would shake if he didn't engage in it every day. And he came to me expecting me to beat on him. And he wanted it to appease his guilt and shame. And I looked at him and smiled and said, it's just not who you are, man. That's the look he gave me. You're not going to like yell at me? Why would I yell at you? It's just not who you are. Next time you engage in that or get tempted to, I want you to declare who you are. Comes to me the next day, I'm smiling, he's miserable. And I said, dude, have you ever thought about why you're miserable? Do you think there's other kids doing this that don't care? Yeah, why aren't you miserable? Because there's a seed inside of you, young man. God's in you. And unfortunately, you can't just do this anymore. Two weeks went by, and I just kept telling him who he is. And he started to, when he started to realize who God says he is, now he's not afraid of God. So in his sin, guess where he goes? To God. To God. Have you ever thought about that he's the lamb slain before the foundation of the world? Before you were even born, he already decided, I'm going to do this for Mark. Three weeks later, he comes running up to me, and he said, dude, I don't even want to, to do what I was engaging in anymore. I don't even want it anymore. Not, I put a bunch of passwords in place, and I'm fighting, and I'm striving to not sin. I'm encountering God, and he's removing it from me. The desire for it. Well, that's a natural desire. Don't assume that our desires were what God intended when Adam and Eve were first in the garden before the fall. God gave us an analytical mind. No, he didn't. That's not how Adam was in the garden. That came at the fall. Set your minds on things above, not on things, not on things that are on the earth. Look at this. For you have died. Here it is. Your life, who you are, is hidden with Christ in God. That's your life. That's literally a realm. It's a spiritual thing that is literal. So you are in him. So when I leave here and we're not having this amazing worship set, God is still in me. When I wake up in the morning and if I sin, he's not far from me. He's within me and I'm in him. Start saying that in the morning when you, Father, I thank you that I'm in you and you are in me. Oh, give me, I want to experience it. And I'm telling you, get, as you start doing that, get ready because you're going to slip in and it's amazing. And I'm not telling you guys things you don't already know. I just am encouraging you. This is who you are. You are in Christ. And Christ is in you. You are one with God. It was his desire from the beginning. When he created everything, he spoke. Let there be light. He spoke. But then he got to man. And he formed man with his hands, it says. He formed man out of the dust of the ground that is not dust like it is today, by the way. That wasn't a, it, anyway, I'm not going to go into that, but don't assume that's dust like today because it's not. It was amazing what was original. 
He takes man and he breathes into his nostrils. Now, if I breathe into Todd's nostrils, I'm not going to do that. But if I did, am I going to do it from here? I'm going to grab Todd's face. I probably should do this to Jess. I'm going to put him right up here. Do you see what God did at the very beginning with man? He took this being, put him right in front of his face, and you got to look at the original. What, the way he starts and the way he ends in Scripture is his intention for us. Yeah. He breathes not just, he breathes himself. Yeah. And he still encounters, see that's what I'm saying, we're one with him, but he still wants to encounter us. Can't figure it out here, don't need to. I just want to experience it. Yeah. He breathes himself into man, and then he says, look, he's just like us. Yeah. That's us. And then he says, you, be like me on the earth. How do I be like you? I'm already in you. I believe that he... How did they know they were naked all of a sudden? How did they not know they were naked before that? You ever think about that? Why did they all of a sudden know? Because they were clothed with the glory. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus redid what was done in the garden, but we were one with him. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says we're one spirit with him. Yeah. It's not that he lives in me. He's become one with me and you. Yeah. When Christ, look at this, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm, it's my favorite verse right now, I'm crucified with him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me by his own faith. By the way, when it says by the, um, it says, I'm crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in this life I live in the flesh, I live by faith. It's actually his faith that I live by. Do you see how one we are with him? We can tap into his faith. It takes his faith to believe this, by the way. This is what I'm saying. Just knowing this in our intellect isn't enough. We have to have a revelation of it. You guys are one with God. Did you know that Jesus said, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? Then he says, you're in me and I'm in you. And by the way, when Philip said, show us the Father, do you know what he said to Philip? He looked at him and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the... So if he's in the Father and the Father's in him, and that means when you see him, you see the Father, then if he's in me and I'm in him, when you see me, you've seen, yeah, you've seen the Father and the Son and the precious Holy Spirit. Think about that. Think about the value on you as an individual. So I'm going to end with another dream I had that was amazing. And it's just the same thing, but it's just that he gave me another dream, and it's incredible. So I had a dream that, um, and I'm, I'm done after this, but I, uh, maybe, I had a dream, and in the dream, my buddy's in the front of this huge auditorium preaching, and I'm like three-fourths of the way back, and he's preaching everything that's on my heart. Like everything that Christ has paid that's available for you. Who wants it? Who wants it? And I just stand up. I'm bawling. I'm like, I want it. I want it. And he's standing in the front of this big baptismal. It's like a pool, though, but it was huge. And he's standing. He's like, Mark, come up here. So he, he brings me up, and he says, you want to get baptized? I said, yeah, I want everything God had for me. Now, remember, I said we died with him. We were buried with him, and we were raised with him. My buddy baptizes me in this dream. When I come out of the water... And I'm watching, it's weird how this stuff works, but I'm watching it, right? I come out of the water, and when I come out of the water, it's Christ coming out of the water, but I'm one with him. And he's floating in the air, and what's crazy is he was floating in the air, and I see this river of lava going to a throne. I didn't even know that was a thing. Had the dream, my buddy that was in the dream called him, told him about it, he said, yeah, that river of lava's in Daniel. 
and literally a river of lava coming from the throne of God. I didn't even know it was in there. It's awesome when you experience things, and then he shows you in Scripture. That, those dreams are true of us if we believe. It's not that we believe to get to heaven. We believe to get heaven into us. And we are transformed. Now, our minds are not transformed. Our soul, the emotions that we have are not transformed. That's why we've got to spend time in the spirit so that our soul comes under what God has done. And I know you guys all know this. It's probably just a reminder, but I felt like come there, tell them who they are. And then share those prophetic things that I got. We're one with him, though. That's the gospel. It's the gospel of oneness. I'm going to actually end with this scripture real quick, and then Todd, close it however you feel led, man. No pressure, though. John 17, verse 20. This is amazing because Jesus is praying for me and you right now. He says, I do not ask for these only that are in front of me, but also for those who will believe in me. That's us. Listen to this, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, that they may be in us. So it sounds like it's important to Jesus that we preach this and believe it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I wrote a blog once for a place I was on staff at talking about this, and they wouldn't let me post it because they, they said, no, that's not biblical. See what I'm saying? You guys are blessed here that... What happened this morning up here is not normal. That was special this morning. I don't know if you have that every week, but that was like, we'll probably be back next week, Todd. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Just got to figure out how to clone ourselves. Just kidding. Just in case they listen to this tape, we're going to be at Life Point. Don't worry, Life Point. That they may be one. Just as you, Father, are me and I in you. See, when I'm in Christ and I believe it, and Todd's in Christ and he believes that we're one. Yeah. That's how we become one. We don't become, we're not we don't necessarily become one because we have the same mission. It's a spiritual thing. So that the world may believe that you sent me. Them being in us and us being one with each other is how they believe Jesus sent. Look at this, verse 22. This will mess with your mind. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them. It's just all about God's glory. Amen. But he's put it in us. Yeah. You see what Je the glory you've given me, I give to them. Right. You're glorious ones. I see it. Yeah. Come on. Right. You have the spirit of glory in you and upon you. You're a heavenly being. You're a being of light. You know, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, hey, to the Corinthian church that I won't even go into what, because it's rated R, what they were doing. And he says, you're acting mere like humans, but you're not human. Right. Well, I'm just human. I can't help it. That's a lie. You're a supernatural. You have a divine nature. Right. You know, a Christian means little anointed one. Right. I wrote that on an application once. And God, I'm dead serious, not on a, not like to work at a church. I didn't just write that. But they're like, what's a Christian? And I said, that's a little anointed one. Never heard back. <laughs> and that stuff will get in, if you let that stuff hurt your heart, man, this stuff, I'm, that's why I'm passionate about it. You guys are receiving it, which is awesome. There's a lot of people that don't. That glory that you've given me, I've given to them. 
so that they will be one as we are, I in them and you in me. So the master, I've been calling him master lately because I like that. He's master. He's not just savior. He's master. And he's king and he's brother and he's friend. And he's the prince of peace. I want to know him as friend. The other day I was leaving the office um, and I was just trying to, this was when I was going to preach at uh, Life Point, the church I'm at. And I was trying to figure out what he wanted me to say. And I felt all stressed out and I left. I didn't really receive anything. He said, I just want you to love me. If you just love on me, I'll give you what to say. I like that, Lord. It takes all the pressure off of me. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. You guys, your oneness as a body is going to have an impact on that school just by being there. And we bless fathers too today. Look at that. Amen, that's right. No, I did feel that blessing for mothers, though. Mothers are amazing. And I did want to say to mothers, I, was gonna, I didn't want to interrupt earlier. The Lord gave me this word for my wife, and I feel like I need to release it. How many of you in here are changing diapers still? You have kids that you change diapers. Raise them good and high. Quite a bit. <laughs> Brianna has a recently newborn, and she was like, I, my, the Lord gave me a word for my wife once. Um, and I would help her change diapers, but she was changing diapers. I said, babe. I feel like I need to tell you, every time you change a diaper, you're doing that to Jesus. Because what you do for the least of these, he says, you're literally doing to me. So don't think when you're home changing diapers that you're less than someone who's out winning thoughts. See, that's another lie. Right? If God tells me to go play basketball with my son in the driveway, and then my neighbor, who's a believer, leads the neighbor to the Lord, who's, who's, uh, who's God going to be more pleased with? God told me to play with my son. See, we get so religious. You changing your baby's, baby's, your baby's diaper, speaking things over your, you have no idea what you're putting inside your children. You have no idea what that kid's going to grow up to be. You have no idea the seeds that you're putting into your children, and the enemy hates it. And I know you're overwhelmed. I know because my wife gets overwhelmed. But man, I just want to encourage you that you're doing it to Jesus himself. And he's going to receive it as that. And if you're faithful with it and you're doing it in the spirit and you're doing it as under the Lord, you're not going to be less than the guy that's been called to ministry. What's your calling? Walk in that. Amen? It's so freeing to be like that. To just enjoy God. And I feel like I'm rambling right now, Todd. You might need to get up here and cut this thing off. I probably went too far. I love you guys. Thank you for letting us come, by the way. I really was ministered to today. So bless you guys. Amen. I want to uh, do this. Don't go anywhere. Jess, you come up. If you would like prayer before we close, um, I want you guys, uh, I'm going to have Mark and uh, Jess pray with folks as well. Tina, if you'll come up, we'll pray. Uh, not to prolong anything, but not, I don't want to shut anything down or miss anything that God wants to do. And uh, if there's things that's in your heart that maybe something Mark shared that uh, resonated with you, I'm going to ask Josiah if you and some of the team would come back up and play. And uh, we'll do uh, we'll do offering at the end. But I just really feel... Um, 
Tina, come here before we do anything else. I just got to be obedient. I want to just bless you guys. I want to pray over you guys. And uh, I want Tina and I to do that, to just. Can I say something real quick? I <laughs> don't. No. What's, what's your name, buddy, with the hat and the, the Under Armour shirt? Tim, man, I just see such hunger in your eyes, dude. And I just was, the Lord's been showing me that the whole time, and I, I literally, the Holy Spirit's like, you, you need to obey and tell him that. So I just release that over you, man. I honor that hunger. Yeah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled. And hunger is contagious, man. Yeah. And don't let the enemy mess with you, because what we do is, well, I'm not perfectly hungry. Don't let the enemy mess with your head. I see it in you. So even if it's not to the full potential, I'm speaking into that potential then. But I, I honor you with that, man. I felt like I was supposed to say that. I'm sorry. So Mark had gotten me a massage for my birthday in August, and I just got to use it a couple weeks ago. So I went, and um, she was working on me, and I noticed that she wasn't always rubbing my neck. And I'm like, it hurts. Would you just rub my neck? She was kind of sitting there. I thought it was weird, but I just let it go. And so when we were done, she was like, I felt like... Um, your body was telling me that I just needed to sit in those places and it just wanted me to sit there and spend some time there and I was like that's weird but as she was saying it the Lord was speaking to me and he said there's something deep in here and he um, as I prayed about it and just listened I just felt like he was telling me that there's places in our hearts and places in our lives that he wants to come and sit and he wants to come and spend time and rest and massage into us just his love. And so last Sunday, not last Sunday, because that was snow, the Sunday before, I got up and I just didn't feel well. I didn't feel well at all. But the word on my heart was that. And I said to him, I said, I feel like I have a word for our body today, but I'm not coming to church because I don't feel well at all. And um, later that day we were talking, he said, well, maybe it's for the river. And I said, maybe it is for the river. So I feel like that word is for you today. Like there are maybe wounds or... Um, just places in your heart that he wants to come and just sit and rest and just spend time with you. Um, just massage into you his love for you and how much he values you. That's all I had. We're going to pray over you guys. And then we'll... Father, we bless you and I thank you so much for Mark and Jess. I thank you, God, for their individual uh, passion for you to know you, God, and to make you known. But I thank you also, Father, for the union that you have between them. And God, I just pray over that, that that would be strengthened to a place that it's never been before. That, God, this oneness that Mark talked about today that we have with you, that they would walk in such oneness with one another. They would know even what the other is thinking. God, they would flow in such a way that... Uh, they would be that threefold cord, Lord. It would be them and you so tightly bound together, Father, that they would move as a symphony of heaven, releasing heaven on the earth. So God, we bless their uh, pursuit of you, and we bless their pursuit of one another in their marriage, God, and in their home with their kids, God. I just declare new realms of heaven opened over them, Father God, new realms of encounter. Lord, that it would not just be one, but it would be both of them. God, I just declare now <laughs> that, that during the day even, one will have an encounter and the other will be brought into it. And they'll know it, and they'll know they've been there together. God, just such a oneness come over them that couples will look at them and go, I don't understand. I know that you're saved. I know you know of Jesus, but there's something else. And it's a oneness 
Would you just pray for us? So, God, we release that over them, that that oneness they walk in will be released over couples. And, God, I just declare that there are going to be couples that they touch, and their marriages are going to be supernaturally, immediately restored. They would be ready for divorce, and they're going to be supernaturally restored. They're going to look at each other with wonder and awe and love, and they'll, they'll, they'll not even understand. Their minds are going to be offended. Ha! Ha! Their minds are going to be offended at the work of the Holy Spirit just by Jess and Mark laying hands on them. Thank you for signs that make couples wonder of your goodness and your glory. So God, we bless them and everything they put their hand to, we declare blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. I got a drink of that. That's good stuff. Wow. So if you would stand with us. And uh, we're just going to take a few moments. If uh, if you got Tina, you come over here with me. You guys step over here. Yeah, you're going to stay right here and pray for people if they want prayer. And uh, Tina and I will pray. We won't prolong anything, but um, I just want what he wants. And it may not be marriage. I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'll just kick the walls out right now of whatever it could be that you may be desiring prayer for. If you go, well, that might not fit. I'm going to tell you, it fits. Okay? So whatever it is, it fits. And uh, we just want to pray for you guys. And then uh, we'll give our paintings away. And then we'll bless you. And uh, I would say we'll release you, but we'll bless you and we'll pack this place up. So, But uh, don't let that distract you. Uh, so we just want to pray for you. If you, would, if you would like prayer, you come up, we'll pray with you.